0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Before we get into this, just a reminder in case you've forgotten. It is Easter. This is the resurrection day. And if there were ever a day for the earth to hear the children of God gathering and praising His name together, it should be this day. Amen? Amen. If, they were, if the world was to know what the church and where the church is on, this, on any day, it should be this day. Should it not? Should they not hear, should they not feel in their homes, wherever they find themselves this morning, the presence of God being ushered into this, this side of heaven by the children of God who have received what happened on that day. Right? Should there be any other day where they feel it more? No, I mean, we should feel it every day. But I'm telling you right now, if we need a wake-up call today, it needs to be that day. Because there should be no silent child of God on this day. Because you are only a child of God, you can only bear that identity because of what was found in that tomb. And that was emptiness. That was Jesus risen. Jesus risen. Jesus that went and made a way for us that the Holy Spirit could come, the helper could come, that we could be filled with the presence of God on this side of heaven to establish heaven here and now. Not to get to heaven someday, that's great and that's wonderful, but that is such a small piece because you have so many days, you have so many years of life that you'll live on this earth and it is meant to establish the kingdom of heaven in each and every one of those days with each and every one of those breaths that you take. And that is what Jesus did. Jesus made a way for those things. Amen? Amen. Now this is one of those days, like every Sunday, where I will expect you to say things back to me. To know, I just need to know that you're following with me. If anyone falls asleep on this day, oh the wrath. (laughs) I'm just saying, we're fired up, we're ready to go. I'm already sweating, okay? We're already sweating, we're ready to go. But feel free, this is your invitation... To say amen when you hear truth spoken. Okay? Hopefully I, I hear some amens throughout, or otherwise we may, we may be in trouble. Um, turn with me now to John 20. We'll be in verse 1. This is, this is the passage just describing this day. What a glorious day. Verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni. Rab- Rabboni, there it is. Not Rabboni. It's not Italian. <laughs> it's, not, it's not pasta. <laughs> we'll, just for, we'll just delete that, Steve. Which means teacher, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And He had said this. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, Do not disbelieve, but believe. And then Thomas answered Him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen Me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. The day came, their master rose from the grave as promised. Jesus did exactly what He said He would. He would not be held. And He told them, He prepared them for three years of this coming. He was preparing this gift for the world. And that was the sacrifice of the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus did exactly what He said He would do. Amen? Amen. Do you have testimony of Jesus doing exactly what He said He would do? So you know what we're talking about right now. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. But I want to point a few things out at the tomb. Mary weeping. Believing that He had been stolen away. That's the only explanation of this. And now... We don't know this for sure, but I see a lot of a preference here of how Jesus was to do what he said he would do next. And she immediately jumped, she immediately jumped that he must have been stolen. He must have been stolen. Now, if I go to an empty grave, I'm going to think, somebody stole him. I don't have a lot of experience of seeing people rise from the grave. Some of you may have, and that's cool, I'll just bring you with me, and you can decipher if that's really happening or not. But... They thought their master, the Christ, had been stolen. And as I was was reading this, the Lord just continued to say, guard yourself from preference. Guard yourself from preference. Because we have expectations of God to be God, right? Do you believe that Jesus will be Jesus to you, that He will honor His word, He will keep His promises to you? Do you believe that? Because you've experienced it, yes? Don't say yes blindly. Don't say yes blindly. If you've experienced it, then you can say yes but here's the thing, what we do and where we get in trouble is we begin to ask Jesus, we begin to pray for Jesus to do things, we, we receive promises from God, even the things that He has spoken over this church in the last few years, the things that He said He's doing in this community, what do we immediately want to do? We want to imagine how that's going to look. And we set preferences around it, right? How many of us have prayed? I have prayed so many times for the Lord to do things, for the Lord to bring healing and, and instructed by God to do so. And then my mind goes to this place of when that healing comes, this is what it will look like. And then when that healing doesn't come in that way, it's crushing. And oftentimes where we go is God did not answer me. I wonder how this belief that the word of God, that the moving of God, that God changed at the end of Acts and he stopped speaking. I wonder where that came from. I'm positive it came from somebody setting a preference around God, how he would move. And when he didn't move that way, God is not answering. God is no longer moving. Because I have established parameters around God and how He should do the things that I ask Him to do as if I'm in charge. As if I have any say in these things. But He's given the desires to us. He's placed them in our hearts that we could pray them back to Him and that's where it ends. Pray these desires back to God that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then step out of the way. Stop establishing preferences. I see preferences established here. And I also see They have just seen their risen Savior. And they still operate in fear of the Jews. Now granted, they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. They're still waiting on promise to be released to them, as Jesus said He would do. And we see that in Acts 2. But I want us to pay attention to the difference. The disciples, without the Holy Spirit, having seen their risen Savior. And then what do we see in Acts 2, verse 2, as the Spirit is released? We see boldness immediately. We see the door unlocked and we see them step out never to hide themselves again and Peter begins to speak with such boldness that thousands of people would come to repent and be baptized and the church would be formed because of the receiving of this Holy Spirit. The promise is given and the promise is kept. Amen? But do we see the difference? Because the understanding of this is that we now have the Holy Spirit. We have that same Holy Spirit that they stepped into that boldness with. We are completely united with God. Do you hear me this morning? You are completely united with God. There is not anything that you can do that could wipe away the blood of Jesus which reconciled you back to, the, back to God, your Maker, your Creator. Amen? Amen? There is not a thing that you can do. I need you to believe that before we move on. I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians Right now, just because this is a passage we've read often, and I can't get away from it. Chapter 5, verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you believe in Jesus, you are a new creation. Do you hear me? The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us that same message, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us because of the blood of Jesus. And we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God For our sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Is that not the gospel right there? Spirit sent because of the blood of Jesus making a way. Amen? Amen. And now God is making His appeal through us. Since we read this, I don't know how many weeks ago, or months ago, six months ago, I have not been able to escape that thought. God making His appeal through us. What power in that statement. It also makes you... Really think about each breath that you're taking. Because in this breath, God is making His appeal to all of the world through me. And what appeal of God are they seeing? I think about this often with my children. I will be the Jesus that they know. I'm the first, I'm the first image of Jesus that they're getting introduced to. And what version of Jesus are they going to get? Of God making His appeal through us, guess who the first people He's making an appeal to through me is? my family, my kids at home. He is making an appeal because He is desperate that they would know who they are, who they are in Him, what He has done for them, and that they would step into the fullness of the destiny that He has for them. He is making His first appeal to my children. What version of Jesus are they seeing? Are they seeing one that is right, the one that I was introduced to? Or are they seeing one that they're going to have to unlearn someday? What version of Jesus... God is making His appeal through us. He is making His appeal through us to this city, to the places that we dwell, to our neighbors, to our coworkers. He is making an appeal through us and that should cause us to operate in caution and understand that what I do has an effect. I heard testimony this morning of someone that was a, a person in this house, a, a member of this church years and years ago. The Lord told them to go and pray over this person that was in... A, in Dallas, and they said yes, and they went. It was over a child, and she went and she prayed, and the Lord showed her all of these different things. But because of that obedience, you could so very clearly see that that child lived because of the obedience displayed. There are lives attached to our obedience, and there are lives attached to our disobedience. The world hangs in the balance of us accepting truth or rejecting truth. Do you understand? God is making His appeal through us because He sees His Son's blood covering your life. Amen? Amen. And you are now a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all those in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do you hear the identity statements this morning? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city. You are now a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. Its light cannot be hidden. It is not put under a basket. It is put upon a stand that all would see because of the blood of Jesus and the way that He made that we would receive this Holy Spirit. And when you receive that Holy Spirit, you become this light. Amen? Amen. When do you notice a city's lights? When do you notice them? Far Far off and at night, right? It fascinates me... It's one of the many things I love about West Texas. Is if I'm driving home from Lubbock, I wouldn't even need to know what roads I need to take, just a general direction, because I can find sundown pretty quickly after I get on 1585. I, there it is. It's that direction. Right? And I can see level land. And when I'm going into Lubbock, I can see all of Lubbock. I can see ropes. It is fat. You can't do that in many places on this earth. It is so remarkably flat and unobstructed. It's a beautiful thing. But it illustrates this so well. Because we all know what it is to leave these cities and be coming back to our home in the middle of the night when it's dark and we can see our home that we're going to. When do you see a city's lights? You see it at night when you are in need of shelter. When you're in need of food, when you're in need of connection, when you're in need of belonging. This is one of the times in Scripture, right here in Matthew. This is one of the times in Scripture where there is no going to preach the gospel. The city is stationary and the people are coming to it. But I believe the Lord has spoken a word over this house about that very thing. Do you remember it? that He was constructing, He had built, and we are now experiencing this highway of holiness where the Lord was leading people to this community. And people are coming to it. The same way we come to a stream to drink, they come to this city set on a hill whose light cannot be hidden. They are drawn to it, they are pulled by it because of what dwells in it is for them as well. Amen? They too are made for the presence of God and yearning for what they are made for. You cannot tell me that when someone encounters what they were created for, they will not yearn for more of it. I have never in my life seen somebody encounter the presence of God who created them for Him and not yearn for more. Not yearn for more. They want it. They're desperate for it. It's like a fragrance that they can't get enough of. They want more of it. They are driven to be where they belong. Where they belong. In the presence of God, the presence that was made away for them as well. They are, they are driven to be where they belong. And that word belonging is powerful. I believe this quote from Bill Johnson, I believe he says it best one of the most fundamental values that is woven into a person's heart is the need to belong. Do you believe that? Think about that. One of the most fundamental values, one of the most basic needs and wants woven into our heart is this desire to belong. So much so that we will change everything about ourselves that we would belong more or think we belong more in that place because we have changed so much of ourselves. If you don't believe me, you go stand in that junior high for 30 minutes. Those kids are in the midst of that, trying to find their social groups. It's just this natural part of public school, trying to find out where they belong. And they are doing everything to try to figure out what they need to do, what they need to change about themselves, how they need to dress, how they need to act, how they need to talk, so that they would belong with the desired group. It is, it is woven into our kids, so you best believe it's woven into us. But the Lord has called sundown to be such a place that they would find where they belong. Amen? Amen? Do you believe that he's anointed this city, that they would find this to be the place where they belong? I was at the, we had the community Easter egg hunt that the chamber put on yesterday, and it was a ton of fun. There were a ton of kids there. Even in the weird West Texas frigid wind that came out of nowhere, and it was terrible, and it was blowing really fast. It was really, really cold. These kids showed up because there was candy. Um, So the conditions of the weather don't affect them, just the parents. And I was having conversations with people, so many people that I had never seen before. Brand new to this city. Asking, what what brought you to sundown? And you just hear how they were just just pulled here. They looked for new communities. They looked for smaller communities. But when they found this one, it just, yeah, this is where we want to be. This is where they want to go just because they drove through it. It's because this city has been anointed to be such a city that people would find where they belong here. They would find the presence of God waiting for them here. Amen. Amen. He has given us the Spirit through the blood of Jesus that we may shine, shining so bright that we are unable to be hidden that all the world may see what Christ has done for them and what waits for them here. Amen. Amen. And why has He given this gift to you? And this is really it. This is a declaration morning. This is just where I'm going to speak truth over you because of the morning that we find ourselves in. It's a great reminder of everything that Christ has done to remember what is true about us. Why has He given this gift to you that you would be the light? Think about that for a second. He has called you to be that light that people would find and discover where they belong because they saw you. What an honor. Do you know what honor is? Do you know what it is to feel honor? Think of someone that you have in your life that you respect. If they gave you any authority, you would be honored, would you not? Well, the Savior of the world that died laid His Son upon the cross that His blood may cover you, that you may be forgiven, has now given you the assignment. Not just the assignment, but He has set you over this city with power and authority that those may see Him, see His heart for them in you. That's an honor. It is an honor. It is an honor that should cause us to look at our life and live it in such a way that they would see this God that loves them so fiercely and has died for them that they would know Him and be reconciled to Him. But He has given you this gift because He has said that you are worthy of it. Not because of your actions, but because of your name. Your name is His. Isaiah 43, 1, but... Now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I need you to hear that this morning. If you're sitting in here, before you can be this light, you must receive this for yourself. You are His, and He has said you are worthy. Mm -hmm. We have too many Christians walking around the world today as though they are unworthy still. Unworthy. We talked about it last week. Of, we, we won't even pray what God has given us the desire to pray because we don't feel worthy to ask for such a thing. Or, oh, I don't need to waste God's time with my, my desires and my things going on in my life. I don't even ask Him for help because I'm a burden. That is a slave mentality. That is not a freed mentality. That is a servant mentality. That is not a son or daughter's mentality. Do you understand? What son or daughter that knows their parents love them, would hesitate to come for them in a time of help, in a time of need. But we do it with our perfect Heavenly Father that did not spare His own Son, the Prince of Peace, the Crown of Heaven, was laid upon the cross that He could be reconciled back to you. We could be connected once again. And now we still fear, we still believe ourselves to be unworthy. We won't even pray for basic things. Why? What in your life can say that you are unworthy and stand against the sacrifice of Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. It does not matter what you've done. It does not matter. It doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter who their parents were. It doesn't matter what your job is. It does not matter. You are worthy. And it is time for the children of God to operate in such a capacity because the world will not see this city as a shining city where their purpose can be realized where all that was created for them and made a way for them to enter into could be discovered here. They will not see that if they look upon it and see a people that find themselves unworthy. They will pass by. But I'm telling you right now, I don't want them to pass by. I want them to land right here. But first, we, the people of God, the sons and daughters that are listening to this this morning, must stand in and stand on this foundation and not move from it. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy of the spirit of God that has been given to me. I am worthy to be the light that is set upon a hill that all may see and come to it. I am worthy of that. Do you believe that you are worthy of that? If you don't believe you're worthy of that, we're just, I'm going to stay up here till you do. I'll do it. And there's food in the other room, and I will hold it in front of you like a carrot. You are His, you belong here, and you are worthy of what comes now for this city because His blood still covers you. How can you, be, how can you be able, how can you be capable of stepping into all that God has said is for us to step into the blood of Jesus still covers you. That's how. And the blood of Jesus will always cover you. And it is for you to step into all that the Lord has spoken. If the Lord has spoken anything over this house and you have had ears that have heard it, It is for you to step into because He has said you are worthy. And He has spoken these things with you in mind. As an author of these things. As one that He can trust to make His appeal through. That the world may see Him in fullness and in truth. You are these people. And Jesus came and Jesus died that we would not sit in this place as unworthy. But that we would step into the fullness of who we are. Who we are called to be and I am worthy of all that is spoken over me. He did not die that we would remain seated. Can you hear me for a second? I'm start clapping and throwing things. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? That tomb did not end up empty. It is still empty. And it was not empty so that we would stand still, afraid to move forward. It is not empty that we would sit here with timidity and I don't know if that's for me to do. That sounds like a Parker thing. It's not a Parker thing. It's a Son of God thing. It's a Daughter of God thing. This is for you. The Lord has spoken that you are worthy. And He has released these words over you because that tomb is empty. Amen. I need you to believe that and I need you to stand in that because I am really excited for what comes next. And what would it look like if a church actually existed in the fullness and stepped into fullness, not just when they're here together, but in every moment of every day, recognizing that I am worthy. I am who He has called me to be, and I am—I have the authority, I have the power to establish what He has spoken over this house in this city. What would that look like if a room full of people said yes to that? But not just when we're together, each and every day, each and every moment saying yes to the identity that God has given to you. If you're struggling with your identity and what you need to know to be true about, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm this or that, I don't know what the Lord calls me, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. There you go. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are the vessel in which God is making His appeal through the, to the rest of the world. Do you need to know anything else? I'm upset. I'm good on that. Because I know that that man did not have to be obedient to the point of the cross, but he was and he had me in mind. And I'll wear that with honor and pride. I'll be proud of saying it. Jesus thought of me on that cross. Even though my sin is what held him there, with joy in his heart, he knew the freedom that I would step into. He thought of me. And he thought of you. And so my prayer this morning, my challenge this morning is that we would step into in fullness the reality that we are those who have been called worthy. The sacrifice was for you. And the tomb is not empty, that we would remain seated. Like I said at the beginning of this, if there were ever a day where the world should hear the children of God, it should be this day because of all that it means for my life and my children's lives. My sons, my daughter, will not have to step into things of bondage and turmoil because of the freedom that I found in this Jesus. That's worthy of praise, is it not? That they would know who God has created them to be from day one, and they would never have to question that. They would never experience what it is to not understand who they are in the Lord, but they would exist in this place where they always know who God is to them and who they are to Him? What a powerful thing. That we could raise a generation of people that know who God is and operate in fullness towards Him? Dude, should that not cause us to praise? Yeah, it's nuts. It's insane. (laughs) But there are a generation of people that will see how we live. This is always such a constant reminder because I have three sets of eyes that are constantly looking at what Daddy's doing. Most of the time I wish their eyes were closed. Just turn over there Well, Daddy does this over here. But they are watching in these moments and they will see if we are stepping out in fullness, believing that I am all that He has called me to be or if we're stepping out in hesitation. I don't know if I'm really that. But I would challenge you with this again. Do you want your children, do you want your grandchildren to step out in hesitation? Then you don't step out in hesitation. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.